0: let's pray together. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all of our gifts, for the beauty that has surrounded us. And Lord, we of all people should know how wonderful it is to live in in such a beautiful region. And Lord, springtime is a wonderful time to, to live here and to see all things coming to life. But the biggest blessings we have are the people around us, and we thank you for each person. We thank you for this community in which we live. We thank you most of all, Lord, for our relationship with you, that you love us, that you care for us, that you would die for us. We thank you for your word that continues to guide us and lead us. As we look at these beatitudes, we recognize again that you're calling us to a a new way of life. That you're, you're continuing to call us to be disciples that you're continuing to call us to a way of life that's strange to much of the culture around us lord it's hard for us to grasp sometimes but we ask oh god little by little that we would know more fully what it means to walk with you and for you guide the reading the hearing the understanding and the application of your holy word by your spirit in jesus name amen So we're in Matthew 5, I'm just backing up and and reading uh, through the Beatitudes down to the one we're on uh, today, which is in uh, verse 5, but uh, Matthew chapter 5, seeing the crowds, he that is Jesus went up on the mountains and when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted and blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth thanks be to god for his holy word amen pastor and professor Kent hughes begins his commentary on this beatitude by reminding us again that the beatitudes are a paradox and he does it so well that i am compelled To quote him this morning, two men faced each other on the pavement before the governor's palace. One was Jesus Christ, the meekest man who ever lived. The other was Pontius Pilate, a man of extraordinary pride. Jesus appeared as the epitome of weakness a poor Jew caught on the inexorable tides of Roman history, frail and impotent, a man destined to be obliterated from the earth. Pilate was the personification of power. The tides of history were with him. As part of Rome, he was heir to the earth. But the two figures are opposite ends of a tragic paradox jesus christ the prisoner was the free man he was in absolute control jesus the meek would inherit the earth and in fact he inherits the entire universe on the other hand Pilate, the governor was the prisoner of his own pride he could not control his soul he had no inheritance You see, folks, Jesus not only taught the paradox, he lived it. Verse 5 again, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And Jesus is the master of paradox. His teaching is saturated with it. Last is first, giving is receiving, dying is living, losing is finding, poor is rich, weakness is strength. Paradox was the effective way in which Jesus taught and in which he teaches still this day. But blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Are we not more apt to think blessed are the proud? Blessed are the intimidating, for they shall inherit the earth. But Jesus is teaching not the survival of the fittest, but the survival of the meekest. A paradox. We said, remember, that blessed can also be translated happy. And the religious leaders of Christ's day thought happiness could be found through a legalistic, materialistic, and militaristic kingdom. Rome sought happiness through conquests they they wanted to conquer everything meek wasn't even a word in their vocabulary in our day the world tends to associate happiness with worldly possessions and we gain it through strength and hard work and at times through cheating and manipulation and conquests so jesus third beatitude was a shock then as it is now I think we better spend a little time this morning understanding what he means by the word meek. The word meek is rather difficult to define. But let's begin with what it is not. And please keep in mind we're talking about what it is and is not as Jesus used the term, not as our world uses the term. It's not a lack of spirit, nor is it to be spineless or cowardice. It doesn't denote timidity or a willingness to to find peace at all costs. The meek are not indecisive and they're not wishy-washy. They don't lack confidence. Nor does meekness imply shyness or withdrawn personality. Again, remember, we're talking about how Jesus defined meek or used meek. Webster's does indeed define it as lacking in spirit or lacking in courage. But scholars indicate this is not the way Jesus used the word. And the first possible definition for the way Jesus used meek was found in Aristotle's writings, where he defines meekness as the person who is angry on the right occasion with the right people and at the right time, and never angry at the wrong time. So we could translate this beatitude: blessed is the one who is angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. And we could certainly look to the example of Jesus, and we do. You know what? Jesus was was not angry when people insulted him, when people attacked him. He was angry when people attacked other people and insulted them. He was upset. When people totally disrespected God and did not honor his name. So anger under control is one definition of the word meek. A second possibility comes from the fact that the Greek word for meek was used to designate animals that had been domesticated. So by extension, it came to be used as To talk about people who behaved well, who were well-mannered, who were polite. That's why some translations say, blessed are the gentle. Blessed are the gentle. And the sense here is power under control. A horse, for example, is very powerful. But if it has been domesticated, he or his rider can control his power because he's meek, he's gentle. And so as a person who is meek, they they recognize they have power, but they control that power as opposed to abusing that power. So with this definition, we might translate the beatitude, blessed are the gentle, blessed are the God-controlled. But again, there's more. The final possibility I want to share this morning is that the word meek can also be translated as one who is submissive, who is humble, particularly the one who is submissive and humble in our relationship with God. We humble ourselves before the Lord. The the meek person is humble enough to know that he or she can still learn. He or she doesn't know at all. But the humble person, the meek person has banished their pride and they've realized how ignorant they are sometimes and thus they're willing to learn from others and to learn from God. The meek person is going to submit to the will of God for his or her life. They're going to understand that God indeed knows best and they believe what Romans eight twenty eight says when it says and we know That for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. The the meek submit themselves to God's will knowing that that He's working for their good. He's working for their good even when you and I can't see that good. So using this definition, the beatitude might be blessed is the one who has the humility To know their own ignorance, their own weakness, their own need for others, and especially for God. This last definition might be the primary definition that Jesus had in mind. Clearly, Jesus was very submissive, and it fits so well with poor in spirit and mourning over our sin and being meek. All three are necessary for us to submit and to have God's salvation. But Jesus may have had all three definitions in mind as he spoke. So we might read this beatitude, blessed are those whose anger is controlled and who is God controlled and gentle and who's willing to submit to God for they shall inherit the earth. I think we must acknowledge this morning, folks, that that kind of meekness is radical it's counter to much of our culture it's not natural for most of us in light of this being mother's day i will share with you that my mother to this day will tell you that my senior year in high school was probably the worst year for our relationship sorry ben i know you're a senior But she was fond of saying, Danny thinks he knows everything. And if you don't believe me, just ask him. And I would have told you that I knew it all. Unfortunately, that curse still plagues me. I suspect some of you would say it still plagues me way too much. My wife's eyes are big. I know. I just called her out on that one. I'm in trouble. But I I can tell you that my freshman year in college quickly humbled me. Because I was no longer a big fish in a small bowl. I made a 36 out of a possible 100 on the first test I ever took in college called Chemistry 101. I began to humble this young man and my Then, young man, my mom and I became extremely close that year, because who did I call? I called mom. And she began to help me work through it. So parents of teens, there is hope. There is hope. And teens, you know I love you. But we all got to go through those phases, right? We all go through them. And frankly, meekness is just not natural for us. We struggle with that one. Now, Jesus said of himself in Matthew 11:29, 29, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And the word translated gentle there is the same word in our beatitude. Jesus was naturally meek. In fact, did you know this is about the only place that Jesus describes his character? And he chose to say, of all things, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus was naturally meek, but it's unnatural. For most of us and it wasn't very natural for the other one whom the bible describes as the meekest man of his day if you were to turn to Mo- numbers 12 there Miriam and Aaron oppose Moses because he's married a Cushite woman and the bible says in Moses verse 3 now the man Moses was very meek more than all the people who were on the face of the earth But Moses wasn't always that way, was he? Meekness was no more natural for him than it is for us. Remember in anger, Moses slayed an Egyptian taskmaster. And he wound up fleeing Egypt and he spent 40 years in the wilderness tending sheep, being humbled by God before God could use him and call him. And remember later on after he was called Moses was told to tell a rock to give forth water. And Moses didn't speak to the rock. Instead, Moses struck it twice. And because of that, he did not lead the people into the promised land. He did not fully submit to the will of God. Moses was the meekest man of his day, but still it was a struggle. So it's a struggle for many of us. It does not come easily. In my opinion, folks, this Beatitude takes a lot of prayer. This one, at least for me, requires asking the Holy Spirit to to work meekness into my life. This one sometimes honestly takes the Lord breaking me. It takes the Lord breaking me down and leading me through my own wilderness time so that He can humble me and use me. And call me out again to humbly submit to His will. This one requires much time spent in the Gospels where you and I can see how Jesus was. He he was never angry at the wrong things. He was always angry at the right things, especially when people were exploited. His meekness led him. Listen to this. His meekness led him to overturning the tables in the temple because his was a righteous anger, because poor people in particular were being exploited by what was taking place at those tables. But we need to see again and again in the Gospels how Jesus kept his power under control, and he was so very compassionate and gentle with people. We need to watch how Jesus over and over and over again submits Himself to the will of His Father. And He submits all the way to the cross. This one isn't natural. Nor is it easy. We need the power and the strength and the grace of God But this one is important. For it's the meek who inherit the earth. I think there's some ways in which the meek possess the earth even now. You know, know, those who try to control everything, those who are always trying to gain everything, those who are always grasping for something more, often they don't really enjoy what they already have. But those who understand that the Lord allows us to live in His good earth for a season. Those who understand it's the Lord's and and we're just caretakers. We're just squatters. We're just borrowers for a season. Well, those inherit the earth in that we tend to truly enjoy the earth. To enjoy the blessings the Lord has given us. We we realize that all creation is a gift from God and, and those people are more apt to be grateful and to enjoy it as long as we live. My grandmother was one of those dear people, and it just occurred to me, even as I was saying it this morning, that uh, I hadn't thought about it this morning, but after my grandmother, grandfather died, my grandmother lived on the smallest of Social Security checks. I mean, the smallest of checks. By the time she bought her medicine and, and her food, there was very little left over. But somehow she just enjoyed life, when tomatoes came in, they were just a blessing. She ate so many tomatoes one summer that she broke out in a rash because she loved tomatoes and the blessing of tomatoes so much. I think that dear lady understood a joy of God's creation and God's blessings more than I'll ever understand. And I, I know I adore my grandmother and I put her on a pedestal. I get it. But, uh, but the meek somehow they understand those things they inherit the earth in a real way but there's also a future sense in which you the you and i if we're willing to be meek if we're willing to submit to the will of god and especially submit to his salvation his only plan for salvation we will inherit the earth You see, the the meek submit themselves to the grace of God in Christ. And the time is coming, and perhaps even coming quickly, when we, as fellow heirs of Christ, will reign with Him in the new earth. According to 1 Corinthians 6 2, we'll even judge the world. The third beatitude in all of Scripture will one day be fulfilled. And it'll be fulfilled beyond our wildest dreams. That's the promise we don't have to keep grasping now. We have an incredible inheritance before us. Jesus' teaching is not easy, it's not natural for us to be meek, but it is our calling. It is our calling. Blessed are those whose anger is controlled. Blessed are those who are God-controlled. Blessed are those who are gentle. Blessed are those who submit to God. For they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray together. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to live as meekly as you live. Lord, I know that even now I must confess that my arrogance, my pride, my self-centeredness, we could list so many other things, gets in the way of what you want to do. And as scary as it is to pray it, I ask, oh God, that you would humble us. That you would humble us, that we'd submit to you. That you would humble us and and take away away the, the anger we have at the wrong things. And Lord, if we're going to be angry, that we'd be angry at the right things at the right time for the right reasons. Lord, please make us gentle and God-controlled. I pray, Lord, that this very day we would begin more and more to work to submit to your will. And we thank you that if we're willing to submit, if we're willing especially to understand that we can only be saved by your grace, if we're willing to humbly declare, I can't do this on my own, I can never save myself, and we submit to your grace in Christ, then we will inherit the earth. Thank you for that great promise of life eternal in your new earth where we will live as meekly as you lived and where no wrong will ever exist. Oh Lord, we long for that day. But until that day, make us more Christ-like. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you, today and forevermore. Amen.